0: Consciousness, Mindset, Health, Relationship, Business. Welcome to the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. What's up everyone? Welcome to the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Batman in real life. The lover. The, the lover. Brian Callum, what's up, my friend? How okay. are you, brother?
1: It's good to be here. Yeah, good It's to good to be you. here in the uh, adult playland that is on it. Right? I had myself a shake. I uh-huh. had myself one of these coffees with uh, butter. Is it mm. yak butter? Doesn't matter. It sounds good. <laughs> and uh, we'll they paste. go... They harvested from the Himalayas. Someone climbs all the way up, $15 an hour, and they milk that fucking yak. And Wait. then they... Churn we, the butter.
0: We have a yak den. In here it on it. A r- r- little pasture.
1: What are they doing down there? They're churning yak butter.
0: If you can last 12 seconds on a yak, you're, <laughs> you're a man, Brian. Oh, yes,
1: <laughs> I did back in my days when I was meditating and riding yak. When I was living on boiled hay and eating goji berries, I was meditating for hours. Damn it. Yep. Yeah. All
0: it's right. funny, you showed up here on it, and there was like a convergence of all of the pretty girls in Austin just happened to like. Come right outside of the booth. Did you? Do you have that effect? Is it? Like, I, I like do. A, I like think it's back? it's
1: a combination of wrinkles, wisdom, <laughs> and and uh, deep deep creepiness.
0: And, <laughs> it just it's like a scent. It's like beaver musk.
1: Yes, it's a beaver musk, and mm-hmm. uh, and I rarely wear pants, so I've got that going for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny how you, you get older and you get way less picky. When you see the, I mean, the girls here are just. I, it doesn't matter. Like if you're like Brian, throw a dart. I'd be like, oh, cool, I don't care. they would be like, well, like, I don't want the other one. And There's no difference to me. They, they're all ridiculous. You know, it's not like I'm not, you, you become less of a connoisseur as you get older. You just become, she's young with tight skin. I'm in. I, I'll risk my house and my family. Uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's an interesting. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a bit of the conversation we were having before, and just that there's systems that are set up by society that are, when you actually take a fresh look at them, mm. They don't always make that much sense.
1: Well, you know, most people don't take a fresh look at it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I have actively not, I've done my best not to look too carefully. If you start asking those questions and really going down that rabbit hole, you, you, you come into, if you, let's just talk about the construct of marriage and monogamy. Most societies, at least modern societies, seem to organize themselves that way. So when I see that, I think to myself, there's got to be a good reason. There's got to be something about it, and I think I know the reason. The idea that let just stick with one woman, um, be responsible to that sort of contract. But then, of course, but then, of course, if you really look around, the the price you pay for that, you know, is uh, can be steep. Can be steep, and it can be layered, and. Um, and I think, by the way, it can also be a lie. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you, when you don't have an honest conversation with your partner or yourself about what this really means, you might be lying to yourself, and that's where you also run into problems. How many people do you know in relationships get fat, stop having sex, but somehow feel they have to be, and we're unforgiving? Yeah,
0: and just building resentment. I just read a book uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz, his latest book, and he calls those type of relationships the monster that eats love oh you know, it's like like you just create this, this contract where it was supposed to be based on love and this excitement and two people who are attracted to you and then you get all of these rules and the government signs off on it well you're also
1: told yeah. that stuff never lasts yeah right yeah. don't you aren't you oh, told yeah, yeah. that oh, oh, oh that'll fade away that's the fire it starts with fire but it then ends up being an ember that you that turns into a platonic love and i i hate that kind of talk right. i think it's i think it's I think it goes along with all the other things people tell you about not being your best, not having the life you really want. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I resent that kind of thing. I think that I think that it's I I, I like the conversation that you seem to have with yourself all the time, which is you're you're always we've had these deep conversations about this. You're always trying to do your best not to be a liar, not to be a hypocrite. And to be as honest with yourself as you possibly can. And then mirror that in your actions in your life. And all the while being responsible to the people that you're with. Uh, That's a rare thing. Uh, You're a pimp, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. You're a supreme apex. You're what we call the apex pimp, Aubrey.
0: Well, to me, it just, I see these things. And it, it was, I guess, something that was early. Like, it started with maybe seeing religion. You know, mm-hmm. and I look at because, you know, I went to high school here in Texas and I got suckered into like Bible ski trips and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, come skiing, and it'll be fun and tell you ride, right. yeah. And it's a total just Bible. For your th- baptism, <laughs> yeah, boy! Totally like wake up Bible study, like afternoon Bible study lunch. Like, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And so I, and I'm, you know, my wasn't raised that way. But I start hearing this philosophy. and I'm like this. There's some flaws. Some like serious flaws in here. Yeah. I start asking questions. There's no answers to those questions. There's just silence and awkwardness. And I don't get invited to any more Bible mm-hmm. studies after that. But it's the system that's so widely adopted that's doesn't doesn't you know carry the logic that would allow me to to follow it. And I think there's so many other systems like that that have become almost canonized, like religions. And I think the relationship contract is one of those. I think funeral like the death contract like how we handle death and funerals is another one you just kind of go along with this charade where everybody's sad and you wear black and you do these weird you know put somebody's meat in a box and <clears throat> and market and but nobody ever really thinks about that like what would be the best what would be the best way to do this if you started fresh and actually created something new you yeah. know and I think i like to look at all of those things from religion to philosophy to ritual to all that and just say Let's fucking start fresh, because momentum can lead to some weird...
1: Well, I think you have to be careful, though, about tearing down the walls of the institution that have been there for a long time. See, I I think that you may find that if you want to be a real revolutionary, which it sounds like you do, you, you sometimes will surprise yourself with sort of the idea that, wait a minute, I seem to be coming full circle. Sometimes mm-hmm. those things, those rituals, by creating your own rituals, you're almost falling into the same trap. And, and I don't know if it is even a trap. I think that might be unfair to institutions, especially institution like let's just take the Judeo-Christian ethic that's been around. If you, if you want to talk about, especially Judaism, you're talking about, I think it's, what, 3,500 years old. And it's still going pretty strong. And I think that one of the reasons it goes so strong is that the the institution, the 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 uh, the, man, the, the manuscript, uh, the church, the houses of worship, the temples, and the churches, and even the clergy hierarchy, are all symbology that at least create um, parameters for you to live your life. Now you can have problems with the way, with those parameters. And uh, I certainly never really, I just could never really make it relevant to my life. Mm-hmm. But I do think the value in the institutions that most of us seem to have a problem with, and I'm speaking about you and I and, you know, cause I, again, I think I fall on your camp for the most part. Yeah. But th- the value is that somebody asked me, what are your goals? And I said, well, you know, I'm 49, and not to be a dick, but I'm living my goals. I mean, I, I, you know, as an actor and a comedian, I guess I could be more successful. I suppose instead of playing to 1,000 people or 600 people, I could play to 5,000 people Mm -hmm. the way Joe Rogan does, or I could um, have an even bigger house. Uh, or instead of the Tesla that I just got, I could get the newest Tesla, the ludicrous speed. I don't know what yeah. success is etc um, etc cetera, et cetera. but my goals are not that anymore. My goals are internal. Uh, my goals have to way more to do with self-mastery with having command over my own appetites yeah. and with maybe even by the way, and this is heretical in 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 a world in today's culture which is all about, self-celebration, but I think maybe even the idea that I can sort of forget about myself, not even define myself, and maybe take myself completely out of the equation. Yeah, Is just it such become,
0: a, become a force of life rather than this collection of memories and identities and ideas, just, that's breathe, right. just breathe That you guard, That's the that ultimate you guard goal. very yeah. closely. That's right. And so... And you so, still, you still have not put together a cogent defense of these institutions. <laughs> like you started this rant. Well, because I think uh, those
1: institutions actually, though, if you if you get into them, I think uh, they can help you with that. I actually think, or they that, can
0: sidetrack you down a weird, strange road. If with, you allow the them, other, if sure. you if
1: you if you use them, if you use them as truth with a capital T, if you're a fundamentalist, yes. And I've had an experience with a Christian recently in that way, where I was like, "Oh boy, you're really nice," until. I don't go your way. Yeah. And then you get pretty Very nasty. I'm unchristian. Ooh, do you keep me right out of your circle? I got kicked right out of your circle. Yeah. There goes the unconditional love. That's right. And so in my opinion, I think that if it's used as symbology and as, as posts, sort of a paint by numbers sort of approach to how you can get to the point where you are no longer the biggest factor in life. Yeah. And you reach I just beyond think, yourself.
0: I just think the problem is it's not, it's not practical. It doesn't have function. Like I'm not, a, I'm not against ritual and even institutionalized ritual. Like, mm. For example, I've done many ayahuasca journeys down in the jungle. And they're very ritualized, not any different than perhaps the Catholic rituals. But everything that they do has a purpose that has become self-evident from participating in the ritual. So if I'm going to rebuild my own rituals, it would end up looking very much the same because it's based upon feedback and practicality and practice. Like this is the most efficient way to prepare the mind for the journey that's about to take place. Like is... is the marriage contract the most efficient way to foster love between two people? Is that the agreement? Maybe, maybe not. You have to take a look at that. I think everybody should take a fresh look. Is Is the funeral ritual the most practical way to get people over the loss that they feel upon the death of a loved one? You know, I think really it's just people just do these things kind of on momentum without saying, is this the most practical ritual? It's just kind of developed out of something. So if you're going to rebuild it, like start fresh, it may look the same, but it may not. It may look dramatically different. It's kind of like Daniele Bellelli wrote that book, Create Your Own Religion. mm -hmm. And I'm just taking that a step further. We all do it to a certain extent. And that's kind of what you're talking about. You're kind of like saying, take the institution as a whole, chart your own path within it, which is really creating your own subset of that larger canon Mm -hmm. and then following it. And I'm just saying, have even more freedom than that. Do that if you want. I love some certain things about Christianity. I I quote um, you know, the teachings of Jesus often. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I draw also from Lao Tzu and I draw from some ayahuasca maestro I saw Mm -hmm. and all of these things that create my philosophy, like have full freedom Mm -hmm. where you just really create what's going to best. But a good,
1: a good uh, microcosm for that is Papua New Guinea. I mean, Jared Diamond looked at different tribes that have been isolated from each other and and from anything for 40,000 years. So some Mm -hmm. tribes will eat the bodies uh, and and some will cook, roast and cook them, and typically they don't they don't typically die of uh, what they call uh, kukuru, which is a laughing disease. Others will let the body putrefy in the sun and dip their sweet potatoes in the juice. Good stuff. Mm. <laughs> and eat And then there are others that will bury the bodies traditionally. And and uh, so so there are so many different burial rituals and marriage rituals that go yeah. on. You can. I think however you, you in reinvent the wheel here, you're still going to find yourself trapped in, in sort of at least we need, we need to define to an extent human beings seem to need or have nostalgia to define with song or with costume or with something. Uh, the beginnings and the ends of these life cycles. No,
0: I agree. And I guess guess the world that I would like to see someday, Mm -hmm. and then I guess that I'm actively trying to create, is a world where there's, instead of one answer, it's a multiple choice, you know? And it's basically draw together. It's like a build-your-own-teddy-bear workshop rather than buying the one Uh off the shelf it's like oh okay you wanna you want love with an individual well here are the myriad options all of which have certain benefits and certain detractions kind of like if you're looking at you know an insurance policy Uh or something like that like okay in this policy um, it's full monogamy and traditional, or whatever. In this policy, there's, you know, it's an open relationship where you guys explore different lovers together at the same time. This is another variation on that where you're allowed to have separate lovers. This is a variation where it's full polyamory, where you have multiple primary partners. And you look through and you just kind of coolly look at all the options, and say, okay, well, I think this option, you know, seems would ha- probably have the best results. And same with like the funeral ritual. It's like, it's not just cremation or. Burial. It's like, oh, I want to celebrate like they do in New Orleans, or I want to have this funeral pyre with games where people are jousting and fucking mm. juggling and roasting fine meats. And, you know, well, like, wh- you're, living, your you know, you're living
1: in a time, t- your timing is good. Yeah. You know, because uh, it, 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 you're living in a time where that is more affordable to us. And uh, because I think a lot of sort of the dogma and the i mean if you think about how christianity was enforced a lot of that had to do probably i'm guessing with how costly it was to have to be a promiscuous person and and explore other sexual relationships because of things like gonorrhea and syphilis <laughs> that you didn't have fucking you know uh, 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 antibiotics for, et cetera. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we are the more we, the more we learn about brain science, the more we learn about what we're about. Uh, and 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 we have a pretty good example of what strong divisions, strong belief systems, do when they belong to one camp and another strong belief system that belongs to another camp. See the wars between the Muslims and the Christians. Yeah. See what happened to the Jews, what the Christians did to the Jews just in the 20th century. Uh, we have a thousand examples. I can go through the, I mean, Sri Lanka, the, 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 the Bangladesh, the, the different civil wars. Look at the civil war and the partition of India between Pakistan and India and mm-hmm. all, the, all the blood slain, etc. It goes on and on. So, you know, your timing, it's not surprising that someone like yourself says, you know, I wonder if there's a better way. (laughs) I wonder if, you know, when you, because it's very easy for people to uh, align themselves and even go to war over um, what they deem to be the truth. And because what they're doing is defending the truth. Right. I mean, if you think about war, it's not, you know, it's not my idea, but it's, I can't remember who said it. But people don't go to war um, because they hate each other. In fact, people go to war to because they love and want to defend what they believe to be their truth, their way of life. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a weird trick of the ego. It's an attachment to an yeah. identity. You know, very it's, it's very
1: strong. Nationalism is I mean, nationalism is as strong. Why do you think people are so fanatical about their teams? Every time I see yeah. another group cheering for their teams fanatically, I think to myself, that same mentality, just so you know, I love it. I'm all for cheering for teams, it's great. But that same mentality, that tribal mentality is what leads us to to galvanize around symbology, propaganda, yeah. and launch a war.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fan fan is short for fanatic.
1: That's exactly you know, right.
0: That's where it comes from, and you see that played out in like the soccer hooligans and people who are willing to really fight for that. And it's it's this funny it's this funny dance where a team that you have absolutely no association with becomes weak. Yeah, like you just adopted it as oh man, we lost today. Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? We lost today. You were watching on TV. <laughs> you yeah. had nothing to do with this contest. Strong
1: of sport, association.
0: You know, and then so that thing. When it becomes part of our identity, it becomes part of our survival mechanism to protect it. Because anything that lessens or attacks that is an attack on us. We're unable to separate our identity, separate our ego from ourself, Mm. so it becomes one and the same and it all becomes confused. An attack on our ego, which is our identity, becomes an attack on us. But it's really not an attack on us, we're fine. The Cowboys can lose every single fucking game
1: (laughs) and we're fine, we're totally fine, you know? You're right, you're right. I mean, I, like I said, you know, before we started recording, I, I, think, I think you're on to something. But, you know, you may uh, – good luck. Good Thanks. luck. You, I almost <laughs> feel like I, – no, I, I feel like um, – so when I watch the UFC now, yeah. when I watch fighting, God, I love jiu-jitsu and, and I love MMA. And, yeah. uh, but what's interesting about watching MMA is that now you're seeing a lot of guys who are top-level fighters – who seem to be boxing it out Mm -hmm. it seems to be a boxing match
0: they've neutralized that's right because they've
1: neutralized the other skills and i can't help but think i wonder if boxing started that way it started as (laughs) fighting and it came all full circle until guys were like you know what let's see who can actually oh we've already we keep canceling each other now it's boring to go to the ground let's use the best striker you can all use your hands this is a revolutionary new idea we can all use your hands
0: and then it goes full circle again exactly. boxing turns into grabbing and exactly. people get frustrated and they're like fuck it we're going to get rid of the rules so
1: we're back to the circle <laughs> we're back to the circle but I, I think that your efforts are no the reason I like what you're doing and the reason I like the conversation that you're always having with yourself and your friends is that you're God you're trying to, your heart is not to be a hypocrite or a liar yeah. and it's not easy to do because can I be honest with you I, um, as a married man, um, uh, with two children, I, t- I try not to even think about it. I don't want to think about it too deeply, right? I don't, because if I do, um, I'm going to panic, <laughs> I'm going to fucking panic. And, and so, 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 uh, so I'm not kidding about that. So that's why I appreciate it because you're not letting yourself off the hook. No, most people have to let themselves off the hook. They're, they're, the harmony of their home the tranquility of their spirit requires it but it is a deal with the devil
0: yeah there seems it's like a I think a lot of people have a belief that there that there must be some sacrifice some penance that you have to pay in this life almost like this life is hard but heaven is great you know mm-hmm. this kind of concept and I, I just I just kind of categorically reject that premise, and I realize that life will always contain pain. You know, it's unavoidable. There'll sure. be suffering that comes from that. But regardless, I don't think there has to be any foregone conclusion of a certain amount of shit that you have to put up with. Like, right, I think, like, I think. So for me, my idea is just: all right, let's go for absolutely hundred percent the win. See if it's possible. Like, see if we can. Like, I don't want to accept because I've been in, you know, personally, if we're talking about monogamy, I've been in those relationships and I've felt the sacrifice and the frustration. Yeah, there were some great times and things, but I was wondering, like, can I have that love without the sacrifice? And that's an exploration that I'm really keen on doing. And I think you can do that with everything. Can I have this without, without the pain? Mm. You know, can't, let's see if it's possible. And in some cases it may be, in some cases it may not. Like, you can't do ayahuasca without the nausea. Probably, yeah. You know, like yeah. sometimes certain things you have to do are going to be uncomfortable. You can't work on the ego without almost crumbling, you know, under the but weight I, of not supporting I, I th- it. I
1: think it's hard for people to have unabated. I think it's very difficult. Certainly for me. Somebody said to me one time uh, recently, said a good mantra is "Why not me?" And I thought, ooh. that's interesting and he said why not me why can't I have something you know I've always maybe I grew up all over the world and I saw a lot of poverty and I was uh, privileged just because I was a white American and when you're uh, 9 and 10 and 11 and 12 and even younger and you see children your age behind a glass window of your Buick or Cadillac whatever the hell I was driving in the back seat of and they're begging at your window I remember in Africa, I I saw these villagers come to the window in Kenya, and they were really hungry, these kids. Mm -hmm. And I remember in Yemen, and I remember in Pakistan, and I remember in India, although I was a little too young to remember India, but I remember Pakistan vividly. I remember seeing real poverty. I went to China when it was still communist. Um, I, I think that for me, the guilt associated with being born on third base and just told to run home, uh, and I think all of us have to, if you're a compassionate person and if you're an aware person, I think a lot of us have, and I'm sure you do, we have this notion that, boy, are we <coughs> fucking lucky. I'm just lucky that I live under representative government oh, yeah. and, and that I have plenty to eat. And, and so 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 it's hard sometimes to let yourself even have sometimes you want to suffer a little bit and you and i think that's artificial too i think you have to let yeah, go of I think that
0: you have to completely let go i think the, the better way to look at it is you have a different starting position mm. but you better run just as hard as every one of those people with the worst starting position yeah. because you're in a position to create change that can affect a lot of those other people those starting positions, that's a good point that starting position is a blessing that you better take advantage of motherfucker. because yeah. yeah. if you don't you know then you're not doing your part to the world. You're not doing your part to the rest of humanity because you have the opportunity to make a difference. So Mm. go out there and get it. Right. And you have to love, you have to truly love people, you know, and have empathy for, for everybody in order to have that motivation, that proper motivation. Otherwise it's all ego. There's really only two motivations, ego or empathy. As far as I can see it, Mm. you know, it's, it's, you're either serving yourself and trying to prop yourself up or you're serving others. And that's, always a much cleaner fuel source when you're trying to serve others.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot... That's a good point, Ego, because even legacy is ego. Yeah. Even legacy is the need to... I mean, even, even work uh, and and leaving a stamp is the need for immortality. I mean, if you think about it, I'm, I'm going to build this incredible building and I'm going to write this great story and yeah. all of that stuff. There is inspiration. I think there's also the idea of creating beauty for its own sake. Sure. See, see that's what I'm the most interested in. That That, that is, to me, as I get older the idea of uh, play for its own sake. So 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 I th- I wanna continue to do what I would do regardless for the sake of its own doing. Yeah. That's where stand up comes in for me. That's when you're the most authentically yourself. I think that's the most real I am when I'm when I'm you know, on stage telling the truth. Yeah. people are but laughing. Even,
0: but even with standup you can't help you can't do stand up without the audience to receive. Yeah. You know, it is still it is a service of laughter mm. to others. Yeah. You know, and I think art I guess there's some romantic idea of the art that you create for yourself, like your very own sand mandala that you create and observe yeah. it yourself once and destroy before yeah. anybody sees uh, well, it. <laughs> you know, like, I, did I, comedy, I, I did comedy. I did
1: comedy in my mirror. I was hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, like some part of it is—is is this gift? It's this
1: transmission. To others that I think is. But that is what is I really like about key. live performance because my best performances, you know, where I shocked myself or surprised myself, it just went into the air. I, I made yeah. people laugh really hard. Maybe it was three, four hundred people and it just went away. And I could never replicate the this because it's a song. It's a long song and I hit every note. Yeah. Those moments are precious. Try, sure. try recapturing that with a net. Good luck. <laughs> you can't. You can't, you know. Yeah, Th- that's the exactly. other thing. It seems like um, that perfection is sort of this this river. It's a it's a verb. It's a verb. You know, you, you have to be forgiving of yourself.
0: That's you know one of the key things, and I think I talked about that last time I was on the podcast with you guys. Is mm. You gotta you gotta circumvent the self judge. You know, like that self judge that is always huge judging you and saying that you're not worthy and creating these conditional love games. You know, that is really what props the ego up. That's what causes you to get in these toxic relationships and suffer is just that you don't have enough internal self-love to just be, you know, as we said, be the force, be the wind that moves the tall grass.
1: What you is know, your what is your enlightenment. give me your perfect day when when I know it varies, but oh, a better way is what, what? what do you think you enjoy the most? I mean, give me the 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 one action activity
0: movement the crazy thing is is that any any action inherently is not necessarily consistently pleasurable or unpleasurable it's my own internal state that goes into that action
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know like some actions more reliably create positive internal states like sex for example i mm-hmm. generally am very present in that experience oh, yeah. <laughs> you know so that's one of the enjoyable parts it's not only the pleasure that's coming from the sex, but it's also the pleasure that's coming from my consciousness, which is no longer thinking about work and about on and about my fucking. Whatever. You're kind of in to,
1: flow, right? You're in
0: flow. It yeah. creates this flow state, and so other things that create that flow state. But anything I can replicate that occasionally, doing any activity at all doesn't matter if I'm just cruising around the office. Doesn't matter if I'm writing. That to me is the internal state is the most pleasurable day possible like no matter what I do that day if I'm in that state and I can be that way it's an amazing day i mean all occasionally when i feel like that i'll just almost want to cry at how much i love life just driving in the car listening to music mm. you know like it'll be so overwhelming and then that's some- like
1: that that's like that moment in american beauty where he's looking at that paper bag yeah. And apparently Alan Ball had that, who wrote it, had that experience. He yeah. saw a paper bag, and he goes, there's so much beauty in the world. Sometimes I can't stand it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I get, and I get that feeling and I just, uh, that's the state that I'm chasing. That's where I'm just, I'm just like fully present, you know, yeah. and just that, just life itself, you know, yeah. reflecting. And, and that's, that's, I think the ideal for me. And so all of this work and maneuvering and, in reading and all of that is trying to more reliably get there more frequently, more frequently, and then ultimately, hopefully be able to stick and stay there because I've seen an individual who's done it. You know, when I got to spend time with Don Miguel Ruiz, he lives that way. Like it emanates off him. You can feel it no matter what point in the day, whether he's giving a lecture, whether he's sipping wine at sunset, He's in that state and man, life is fucking good in that state. Like, yeah.
1: There's a great book by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi mm-hmm. Mihai. That flow state? Yeah. He wrote a book called uh, Beyond Boredom and Anxiety mm-hmm. and he compares the state that surgeons, painters, conductors, and rock climbers get into. Uh, it's a phenomenal book and they get into this state of flow. He wrote it a long time ago, but they, they, they get into even the ritual. Even the ritual, like if you look at tennis players, the ritual between points, picking at their strings and mm-hmm. twirling their racket and pulling on their clothes, it's a ritual that brings them back into flow uh, and is part of flow. Uh, yeah. When a painter prepares his brushes, um, it gets into that state, that is a state of flow. You yeah. know, Th- that's, that's kind of probably what we stay alive for. I,
0: I 100% think so. Yeah,
1: sex, I'm not, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, sex, I'm usually like, yeah, you like that? You like that? You like what daddy does? Yeah. That's just me. I'm not as sexy as you are, Aubrey. Yeah, I know I'm old. My face is falling off my skull. Yeah, look at that vein on my forehead. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, guys. Deep conversation. I had to bring it there. To the level of a goat. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, How about
0: you, man? Like, anything, anything in particular, comedy, obviously.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, I like doing things that I'm, there are two things. I like doing things I'm not good at. Um, I love boxing and I even like to spar because it terrifies me and I don't like getting hit. But I do it because.
0: One thing that me talks about is stakes are high. You know, Stephen Kotler talks about it. Like when the stakes are high, where people are watching or something. And also maybe also with sex. I mean, there's the stakes are high. You got to. Yeah. You don't want to fucking be a bum. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, well, uh, yes, my God, I, I, and I'm, you're you're right about that. At forty nine, I have held on to my vanity. <laughs> I fucking work out. I want to look good in my underwear. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's true. I think I think by the way, that's how you keep a relationship going. People who get lazy. You're not being respectful to your partner. I right. mean, you're fighting gravity. Oh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, uh, I like working on a mindset. I like. Um, so I love I love doing things that are difficult. I like to try to play the drums, or mm. I love obsessing over my tennis stroke. I love uh, boxing. Uh, so I like really stretching and using my body. To, you know, I like being sore the next day. I yeah. like that idea yeah, and I- building a skill. You know, but stand up also never gets easy because I'm always having to reinvent myself and always having to yeah, try to you're be. Up in that. Yeah, I mean, I just I just put my special out. I have to come up with a whole new bag of tricks and which is great but but it can't just be funny it's got to be honest to what i'm going through now it's got it's got to resonate with the zeitgeist and with myself mm-hmm. uh, and by the way it'd be funny and that never that challenge never goes away so those are the things that are overwhelming but.
0: yeah i think you know if i think about some of these activities it used to be you know basketball was one of them i was always a basketball player mm-hmm. played you know very competitive ball in high school and you know, we would get thousand, two thousand people out to the games. We were a top 25-ranked national team one year. Wow. And, like, so the stakes were really high. And that, you know, the kind of emotions that that brings, I mean, you got butterflies all day. You know, every single person in the school coming up to you, oh, good luck in the game tonight. I'll be there, blah, blah, blah. Every pretty girl you don't even know. You wow. know, like all of that. <clears throat> and so, and then you perform in that situation. And then you know after that's over you know basketball's fun you know and i enjoy it and i enjoy playing and doing the movements and then in in, uh, in college i decided not to try out for the team and play college ball but we had serious intra fraternity ball where smaller microcosm couple hundred people are fraternity the other fraternity random girls it would get heated you know sometimes sure. drunk people would fight you know so at least there was something there yeah. and then so it just kind of kept that going alive but now like for me to play basketball It's just kind of like an activity. Like it's not the same because I was used to those stakes so high. But I can. Well, you know,
1: for me, uh, performing like you saw me with Joe, thirty-five hundred people, and then performing for thirty-five people uh, or fifty people in some like black box theater in downtown LA. It's not that different for me. I still get the same state. I still am responsible to a group of people, Mm -hmm. and I've still got to be funny. It really isn't. Yeah, I mean maybe with the thirty-five hundred, I have to be a little bit more buttoned down with bringing the the heat, and with thirty-five, I can try something experimental. But I still have to make them. Up. Well, I
0: think there's a critical mass where it's like enough people to matter, you know. Because actually, the fraternity games kind of felt a lot pretty similar. Sure. Even the like two hundred people felt similar to two thousand. Yeah, you know. But yeah. there has to be a certain amount of stakes that matter. Whereas if it's a new activity, there's a certain kind of joy and intensity. Like I tried playing soccer. I'm terrible. Terrible mm. at soccer, but I do something good in soccer. I run around I like know. one of those fucking crazy. I'm ripping my shirt off. I'm doing the knee slide. It's like it's incredible. I know. It's incredible I because like I suck. Yeah. You know. And whereas if in basketball, I'd have to fucking put up a triple double, and yeah. I just be like, oh yeah, triple double today. Yeah. You know, unless I had enough people out there who really cared, and then that would stretch my edge. any
1: language. Any language that starts to become less of a mystery. Yeah. Boxing was such a mystery to me, and then I, I've been training and training and training and Doing some sparring, and then I, a friend of mine who was a good football player, he came to do some boxing, and it was fascinating because I was like, I was like, oh boy, you're, I would light you up. You're doing all the wrong things, but he's it, just, just new to the language. Yeah. But to compare it to him, I looked amazing. He said, <laughs> "Dude, you can box." He said, "No, I can't. I've just been, I just, I'm a little further down the road, so I'm doing things. You know, I've corrected a lot of my natural." Tendencies, Yeah. No, but, 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 but then again, you know, listen, I wonder at times so much of our natural state, you know, there are a lot of Christianity or a lot of most religions, I think, are really about tempering the natural state. A lot of them are sort of saying, I want total command of my beast of the animal and the spirit has to take over. And so it's a life of negation and a life of sort of, uh, an ascetic, uh, Self-restraint, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I can understand the the fetish for that as well. It's a little bit like tr- it's training. I mean, when you want to be a really good boxer, a tennis player, your movements have to be home to the nth that's like
0: saying i want to be a football
1: player but i'm not going to use my quads no no, no i
0: don't think I'm, so I will, no, no. I will not use my no no, no. i think
1: being effective in a language requires uh, learning how to be free within very strong parameters sure. so that's what technique is and and i think people can get just as crazy about sort of uh abdicating any kind of pleasure mm-hmm. any carnal pleasure uh, eating bland food, never having sex. Now, that's that to me, life is too fucking short. <laughs> right. But I can understand yeah. that those people look at that practice the same way you and I would look at getting good at jujitsu mm-hmm. or something. I, I, yeah,
0: they're finding a resistance point. Exactly. Defining their self, sharpening I, their sword against that grindstone. Yeah. It's just choose a different grindstone. Like, there's plenty. You well... Know, that, I guess that,
1: to me, that's my perspective. Like, we're here to taste as much as we can, but not be... That's what Aristotle said. He as, said that to Socrates, right, Then no. with the argument. You know, Socrates said, you know, at the end you want... Philosophers philosopher said, quiet contempt for this flesh prison that you live in and let go of the body completely. And Aristotle said, that's great until you've seen a woman give birth and she's screaming at the top of the lines. We're physical beings. Yeah. We are of the earth and the sky. So taste your food. But it's, <laughs> totally. guess what? Ready? Moderation. <laughs> yeah. Moderation. Yeah. Learn how to temper. You may have passions on both ends, but the wise man knows how to, you've got your limitations. You learn how to deal with them. And moderation is sort of you know, living in that, in that middle. Be at the helm of your starship. Yeah. You know, make
0: sure your demons aren't running you. The addict inside of us isn't, isn't the one driving the ship and making the decisions. You're the one driving the ship and making the decisions. We all have demons. We all have these urges. We all have these appetites.
1: Yeah. You know, but we, you know what we also do? We also give, like what I've noticed, is that a lot of us will allow ourselves one addiction. Yeah. You ever notice that? They're yeah. like, no, no, I'm, I don't drink or I'm, I, but I, I'm texting seven girls all day. <laughs> you know, you see <laughs> right, that a lot right, with right. a lot of young dudes where you're like, oh boy. And we all allow ourselves, you see it, and we're forgiving. No, 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 I would never cheat on my wife, but I eat like a motherfucker <laughs> and I have a giant belly and I'm a pre diabetic. Right. Well, it's still part of the same issue of self control. You're just letting yourself go in one particular area. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's this kind of weird idea that
0: there's only a certain there's like a fixed amount of willpower, and if yeah. you put all of it towards like harness like holding back on your monogamy, you're just gonna be a fucking pig. That's right. And just eat everything. you That's can. right. there's something there's something to be said for that. Like there's only so much energy we can put towards restraining our natural appetite. To me, I like to just make friends with my demons. I think one of the my favorite shamans said the difference between a good demon and a bad demon is the good demons work for you. The bad demons work against you. Yeah, you know, and that's that's it. All of these things are a part of us. We're the full spectrum. We're assholes. We're awesome. We're all of these
1: things. It's just I like that. I like the way I like the way you put that because that takes resistance out of it to an extent. You Mm -hmm. know, kind of uh, like they they were talking the new psychology around stress is that used to be I'm really stressed and they would say well you've got to calm down look at a fish tank and relax (sighs) and now they go you know. That's not the way to do it. You you have this state, you're in this state, your throat's closing up and your your temperature's rising, your cortisol levels whatever. Well, you can try to fight that, but that seems to be a losing battle. What you could also do is say, "Ooh, this is my body getting ready for action. I'm going to embrace this feeling. Yeah. I'm going to make friends with this feeling. This is when I'm the most effective, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So it's kind of a cool way to look at totally not resisting, but actually flowing with it. Yeah, letting it work for
0: you. I remember I was super nervous before a basketball game one year. My mom was a pro tennis player, and I was like, "Mom, I'm just so fucking nervous." Like, I'm. She's like, "Yeah, son. Well, no. are you a cow or a racehorse?" I was like. Well, my, I guess I'm a racehorse. It's like, yeah, have you ever seen a racehorse before the starting gates? They're fucking stomping around. They're pissing. They're snorting. Like, they're getting ready to race. What do you expect? Like, you're about to race. You're not a cow. You're not going to just chew cud and just eat and fart and make nothing, you know? Yeah.
1: That's a very, very, that's very good advice. Look, some people like Tim Kennedy seem to be completely relaxed when they're about to fight, you know? Whereas Mr. Shaw was the opposite. Thank you. Oh,
0: shitballs. So. Yeah. Come on in, gentlemen. Thank you, sure. so. This is a nice, natural transition. Yes. Brian, it's been fucking great talking with you, your here you're,
1: you're a scholar, you're a gentleman, <laughs> and I envy your arms and skin tone. <laughs> not to mention your. Um, tattoos. <laughs> Brendan Schaub, ladies and gentlemen. Brendan Schaub. Brandon
0: Schaub is here. We're, we're going to record another podcast with Brendan. That's
1: right. Me and Brandon. My, my protege, guys. And by the way, when you listen to Brendan, it's probably not going to be as uh, deep. I've taught <laughs> him pretty much everything. He's one of my best students. Where are we at? Here?
0: Uh, you can sit down wherever. Uh, Thanks, can, everybody, yeah. for tuning in. Please, everybody, listen to The Fighting Kid. I think it's the funniest podcast in the fucking world. You guys did an on-it read the other day where you were preachers. <laughs> and everybody in the office pretty much shit themselves. <laughs> they listened to it. It was hilarious. You guys are fucking awesome. And definitely check out the live shows. Check out the stand-up. And buy some to to Texas. The t-shirts. Yeah, well, yeah, When is this releases. When is this going to air? This will air in like a week, so yeah, end we're, of March. We're in Texas, I'm
1: April eight, and 7th I'm, and 8th. April
0: 1, 2, 3, I'm at the San Jose Hell yeah. Get on me. Much love, everybody. Thank you. Peace. I'd like to acknowledge the company that is the expression of so many things I love, Onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com, and also Wearspace.com with two S's, putting out some really dope clothes and supporting my favorite charities. Lastly, please check out my blog, aubreymarcus.com, for the latest in all the ventures happening in my world. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend, leave a review, and let's make this positivity contagious. Thanks for tuning in.